Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Talk Daytime. Um, Kathy texted me this afternoon with the idea that we narrow down our top five favorite daytime storylines of all time. But since I'm only really familiar with General Hospital and Days of Our Lives, we decided to narrow it to those two only. Um, We actually both had to think all afternoon to try and figure these out, so it should be really interesting. Tweet us or drop your favorites in the chat. There's a chat box no one uses, but it's there if you'd like to participate. And let us know your thoughts, your favorites, um, if you agree with us. And, yeah, so we have tons to talk about. So we're just going to get started. Kathy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, and um, I actually kind of surprised myself. I figured between the two, I would be able to figure out, you know, five or whatever. I actually ended up with uh, five from from each soap. So I got uh, five from um, General Hospital and five from Days of Our Lives. And I don't know that they're necessarily the best ones of all time, but they're some of my favorites. And I figured, you know, just uh, we could talk about the rationale behind why they're our favorites, you know, whether it's just something as simple as, hey, I really, really like that couple or – um, expands out and why we thought it was such a great impactful storyline. But um, how about you go first? Let's let's hear. Um, and, and and I say in no particular order because I didn't even have a chance to really kind of rank them. Although I can probably tell you which is my favorite. But what, what's the what's the first one on your okay, list? Okay, well, I I ended up with eight because I couldn't narrow it down to five. But um, my first one, like when I think favorite. Not, this is not in order by best or anything. Um, 2013 on General Hospital, I know, unpopular opinion. That whole, like, Cassidine, like, 50th anniversary arc that had Luke and Laura involved in Lulu and, like, where they froze Lulu. I know it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud. That story, <laughs> like, that made me such a hardcore GH fan. So I had just started watching GH in November of 2012. And in February of 2013... Jeannie Francis returned. I had no idea who she was back then. Like, I wasn't into – I just didn't know. Like, I knew she was Laura, but, like, I didn't get the big deal. Then, like, as time went on, I got invested. You know, Nicholas was shot, and it, like, started that whole thing. And then April 2013, and I think it was April, like, 1st and 2nd, maybe, or April 2nd and 3rd, they um, they ended up on the Haunted Star, and there was a gunfight with Helena and her henchmen, and then they ended up on, like, the – I guess the balcony of the haunted star and they Luke shot Helena after like this whole thing, this like deep meaningful, like you're going to shoot him, Laura. Like, yeah. And then they threw her off the boat or they said they did. We didn't see that. And then, um, they, I remember like the scene that stands out for me the most, like really got like me hooked was they're standing like looking over the water and they see another ship coming and he's like, those aren't our, or she's like, Oh, it's the coast guard. And he's like, those aren't our people. Like they're Cassidine people. And she's like, what are we going to do? And he says he has it figured out. And then he holds out his hand and like, she took his hand and he's like, like, we're going to be fine. And for some reason that scene like really stood out to me and I just thought it was so good. He was, he's like, I got it. And then he just like grabbed her hand and I thought it was such a good like moment. 
And then, like, after that, we all, we know Hell Broke Loose, basically. So that is my favorite, or one of my favorites ever, just because of that. I don't know what that scene, like, why that scene was so important to me. I just really was into it. I, like, when I think of, like, my favorite Luke and Laura scenes, that one's in the top five for sure. So, yeah, that's one of my favorite stories because it made me such an invested, like, hardcore GH fan. And I think that's, uh, I think that's. I think that actually is something to consider because when you first fall in love with something, you know, whether or not it's good for you, it's it's like first love, you know, whether or not it's really actually good for you, whether or not it's really, it doesn't matter because it appeals to you in a way that something never has before and it grabs you by that. And at least the same same thing is true with soaps. I mean, some of my favorite storylines on a soap when I'm thinking about what my favorite storyline on a soap is, is usually the one that really draws me in and it's the first one that grabs me. Um, I could say the same thing about, about GH, about, um, my um, my hardcore OTP for Robert Scorpio is the first one that I saw him get paired with him on GH, and that was Catherine Delafield. And that, you know, that's a very, very unpopular opinion, um, but it, it, it it's what I fell in love with. It's what brought me to the show. So, you know, that's always uh, something. So, there, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it appealed to you. Well, I brought, think that was you know, the first. Brought you to the show, made you, made you excited about watching it, and that's what, that's what it's all about. Well, I had been binge-watching, like, old school Leaf and Laura because it was the 50th anniversary and, you know, they ran that SoapNet marathon and I was kind of into it, but that moment, like, that specific scene, like, on the boat, for whatever reason, like, that was when I realized, like, why people love this pairing and, like, what the hype was. I don't know what about it, but it was. It was just, like, a really good moment for, I think, for the couple and for, like, even though they weren't a couple at the time, I think that you really can, like, like, that moment like it's like 10 seconds and for me I could really finally like understand what people's hype was about when it comes to them and so then I was like okay I'm on board with this and then like the rest is history and here we are five years later (laughs) so okay what's at the top of your list or not necessarily the top of your list but what is the first thing you thought of what is the first one you wrote down the first one I wrote down uh, for General Hospital is uh, BJ's Heart um holy cow I wrote storyline um yeah, I mean the the just the fact. I mean, even leading up to it, the fact that it happened when Bobby and Tony were the most vulnerable as a couple. You know, Bobby's just gone here and had you know had an had an affair, basically cheated on Tony. And and what was so great about that was that they were so rock solid to the point that that couple was outright dull. Um, in some respects, they basically yeah. had not really had movement or anything going on uh, since they had really gotten together you know, classic tale of two best friends that fall in love with each other. And they were really kind of dull. Throw that whole bet into the mix where Bobby ends up, you know, succumbing and she ends up having this affair. And then at the worst possible moment when all of that's come into light, you know, Tony's biological daughter and, and Bobby's adopted daughter is killed. And, you know, basically she was the only mom that BJ ever knew because Tanya died when she was such as a baby. So you're, here you've got that thrown into the mix. You've got past history in there where Lucy is just an absolute mess. And I think actually her reaction to Lynn Herring's credit, her reaction, Lucy's reaction to BJ probably tore me up worse than anything else except for one other scene in that storyline. And, the um, simply because you've got the history there of Lucy having been married to Tony in the past and having been BJ's stepmom, and they had their own special relationship. Um, then you've got, uh, you know, of course, the whole on the other side of it. You've got Felicia, Mac there. Frisco's back in town because of everything that's going on with Maxie, Maxie and BJ being good friends, being cousins. 
um, and here, you know, have literally BJ's death being the thing that saves Maxie's life when she was on the brink of death. You've got a good medical storyline thrown in there. Monica, who's a cardiologist, going in there and, and you know, saving the day and doing her thing. Um, it's just so much. And then, oh, my God, that amazing, amazing scene with Brad Maul where he improvised. He yeah. improvised laying his head down on, on Maxie's chest so he could hear BJ's heart. There is nothing not good about that entire storyline. It was an umbrella story. It touched everything. It touched people. It moved you in a way that, that probably not much has ever moved people since. That epic, that, that era of GH is just untouched when it comes to character stories like that. And, and, and that's one just at the top of the list right there. Well, and I also remember, like, when I first got into watching old episodes of GH, I was watching Luke and Laura because I had people who were like, you have to watch. Well, I remember I was watching, and, like, the first thing I, like, watched about that story was when Luke came out and told Laura that there had been an accident, and they are, like, you know, they're, like, distraught over this, and they're, you know, trying to figure out what they can do to help. And she, she's, like... I think she was pregnant at the time, I'm not sure, but she was sitting on the, I remember she's like sitting outside on a bench and they're like watching um, Lucky play and he comes out and says there's an a- there was an accident and he says like it was BJ and I remember watching that and I was like I have to watch the rest of this and then I remember seeing, because like, yeah. I had already seen the episode with, um, with Brad Small playing um, Tony's in the scene with the where he lays his head on Maxie's chest. I'd already seen that because I saw it during that marathon, but it didn't really mean anything to me because that was way before my time. And then I got in like deeper into the Luke and Laura like wormhole and I saw that scene and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the whole thing now. So that one, I wrote that down too. That's such a good story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Just massively great epic. Um, It's just good acting. As we talk, I like keep thinking of more. It's so hard. All right. Well, well, it's your turn. So go ahead and throw one out. So I'm gonna stick. To, I'm gonna do my GH one first, and we'll move on to Dave. Um, okay. I also have. I wrote down uh, Robin and Stone. Everyone knows Robin and Stone was such a good story. It's so sad. Oh, yeah. That's the first time I cried watching that show. I remember I saw. I watched the whole really early on in my like GH watching. I watched that whole story. And um, during the 50th anniversary, once again, they played that scene, like the scene where he dies. And, oh, my goodness, that got me good. Robin, I see you. I see you, Robin. Sob. I know. I know. It was just, uh, like, shout. Okay, and you know what? The one thing I notice in that scene every time I watch it, and I'm, like, you know, oblivious to the important things, I just notice Kimberly's acrylic nails because like back then that was the thing she's got these super long acrylic nails and she like touches his face and I'm like girl that's so distracting <laughs> but every single time I watch it I'm like shout out like honorable mentions to Kimberly's nails and that they were like they were the true star but no um that <laughs> that scene is so good like that whole story is good and when he says that he's HIV positive and then when like she finds out that she is also HIV positive that's such a good story it's so sad but it's so good like that isn't it sick how the saddest things are like what's best to us like it's so twisted to me that I think the best stories are the ones where someone's crying and like you know abused well, I don't know <laughs> ones those are the ones that really that really touch you because you care it shows how much you care about the characters you know the thing about it is 
is, and I think it, it doesn't necessarily mean that sad stories, because like when we get to day stuff, a lot, some of their adventure stuff is on my list over there. And actually, there's an adventure, you know, adventure stuff or a general, general overall couple of adventure stories on my GH list, too. But the the thing about that is, is that um, the relationships, I mean, nobody, nobody wrote relationships between those characters better than they did in that era. And you look at this, one of my favorite all-time relationships on General Hospital was a direct impetus of that Stone uh, AIDS story. And it was when Robin found out she was HIV positive, the relationship that built between she and Alan Quartermain. And, you know, and and the way that he was with her in Stone and the way that he treated her and how kind he was to her and how he educated her in Stone on what was going on was her direct, you know, her direct influence to make her want to become a doctor. And, you know, that, I mean, that's lasting impact built in those relationships and just a little spinoff from each of these stories. And that's just great story writing. That's what makes you love soap operas, you know. So sadness, the reason it's so sad is because, you know, it's built so well that when the house of cards tumbles out, it it, it makes a difference, you know. Yeah. Okay, it's um, your turn. We we will dwell on that. (laughs) All right, well, let's see. Um, I'm going to go uh, – I, I am going to give props to one. There's only one um, newer era story that's on my uh, that's on my list. It was a Ron Carlobody storyline, and that's the Mike Porter main. Oh, my God. That whole buildup with Carly and Franco being involved, uh, Sonny being jealous, although I'm not sure why because Sonny and Carly have no chemistry, but, you know, that whole buildup where, you know, starting with Sonny – shooting and killing AJ, which I was furious about. I was furious. Furious, I am telling you about that. But it turned into such great story that I can't be mad about it anymore. Um, That whole buildup was years in the making, um, culminating in that that Halloween wedding that went off unbelievably, I, I mean, amazing. Franco was a perfect person to be at the center of that watching Michael yeah. just completely turn against, and that was such a great justice boner for those of us who freaking hate the current thigh that permeate and burrow throughout the town. Um, finally Burr. seeing Carly and Tony, their justice hurts over everything that they had done to AJ over the years. My only, the only thing I don't like about that storyline is the fact that they were so short-sighted as to reverse it at the end because it was such great storytelling it was a great payoff it made me want to actually sit there and watch a scene with Sonny and Carly in it and I can't tell you I love Carly can't stand Sonny but I was dying to watch those scenes with them in there together because it was great drama um and it was just that's probably the only new era of recent stuff um, that I can say would probably go as my greats on the list but that was a great story Chad Duell nailed it Everybody nailed it. They all nailed it. It was a great. It was it was great drama. I loved watching it. Well, since you said um, BJ's heart story, I get uh, you know I get to do another one off my list because I had seven. Well, actually, I have seven and a few honorable mentions. But um, okay, I also I really like the the like two thousand. Okay, right around like the two thousand eight, nine, ten years, like, those were, to me, I really liked those years, like, I've watched them now, especially, and I know you hate Sunny, but especially with, like, the Sunny and Brenda stuff, but what I really, really like is the Christina and Kiefer story, for anybody who doesn't know, her boyfriend, Kiefer, 
ended up basically, like, he was abusive, and he beat her, and she ended up in the hospital a couple of times, and then he was hit by a car and killed. Oh, no, no, he wasn't hit by a car. He was the one of many uh, bump-in-the-road victims of Alexis Davis's driving. Let's let's be straight straight up. The woman hits hits people with cars as part of her, you know, fabric, and and he was one of her, you know, red bumps. Yeah. That made me think of that scene with Helena Cassidy where she's like, you know, I saw that boy's paper in the or a picture in the paper. Tell me, did he have that same youthful glow as he sailed over your windshield? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so funny. Okay, I, anyway, I love that story because first I do of all, love that story. and and they brought it. Dude, Lexi did a great job with that. She yeah. nailed all that stuff. That's what I was gonna say. Was, Lexi, I love her. I love watching her. She's amazing. And, like, watching her, like, try, you know, because at the time, I guess she was 16. Or she was playing 16. Lexi's a little older than that, I think. But um, watching her, like, play this girl, she just wants to grow up and she just wants to be grown. And, like, you know, I remember she, like, went to um, the bar at the Metro Court and, like, tried to drink. And, like, she wanted she wanted Ethan. She would, like, go and see him and be all dressed up because he gave her attention. And she was just, like, desperately seeking that. And then, she has Kiefer, who gets super jealous of all of that and thinks it's okay to smack her around, and it's not, obviously. And then he 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 had hit her before, and then he injures her pretty badly the next time, and she ends up in the hospital, and she says that Ethan did it, which broke my heart because I love Ethan. And then, of course, obviously he didn't actually do it, and she tells him who actually did it. And it was just she was so good. And um, also Haley Pillow she was really young back then and she played such an amazing story she, with the like little sister thing and like being worried about her sister and that whole story and talking about how it was her fault also because you know she she pushed them together and she was all about romance and I thought that was a really interesting angle too and like the entire family dynamic with like her and Alexis and Sam and Molly and all of them was really good to me so I love that story I like that whole era like I like what year was that, you know? I think it was 2009, 2010, maybe, around oh, there. That would have been right before Guza got canned. Yeah, it was, uh, it was because it was back. Like, that was in the Sonny and Brenda just got hitched days, too. So maybe 2010, 2011. I don't know. Sonny and Brenda had just got married. And then I remember, like, the whole thing. Because she, her and Ethan and, like, that. It was around that time. Yeah. Because I, I remember. That was the I enjoyed time that they were in, the um, where they were introducing Dante. Into into the yeah yeah, I remember. So I I really enjoyed like the Sunny and Brenda scenes back then and like that era of them too. I don't like them all the time. Like I don't want Brenda to come back and like marry Sunny because I don't care that much. But I did like the story that they had going. That okay, rant over about Sunny and Brenda. All right, what is next on your list? Next on my list is um, I've got the uh, the Asian Quarter storyline, which I didn't see originally. I guess 1985 was before my time um, when it comes on GH, but I have gone and watched it. There are clips out there on YouTube to be able to see it. So I've seen I've seen the whole story, um, and it basically starts with the introduction of, the introduction of Anna. You know, I mean, basically she comes into yeah. the canvas. It's right the time that um, Robert and Holly are still together, but Holly's basically Emma Sam's is already gone at this point. So you see Robert, and he's kind of kind of jumping back in, but then, you know, and, and, and Tristan Rogers is kind of off and on in there too, but 
uh, he's there long enough for Anna to kind of come back in and uh, surprise, we got a daughter, you know, that, that kind of builds throughout the Asian quarter line, uh, the Asian quarter storyline. Um, Robin eventually gets kidnapped. Frisco and Felicia, that's really kind of their heyday thing. It's really the, you know, one of their big stories because Frisco is all up in the mix. Sean is all over in it. So you see the friendship between Sean and uh, Anna and, and Robin. You've got basically that, 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 foursome that ends up being you know very prominent through the 80s while they're all there on canvas with um with sean and frisco and anna robert doing their thing with their investigation stuff um and it was just a good solid action-packed storyline that introduced a lot of interesting characters to canvas um it you know definitely brought in that whole thing it where that robert anna and robin relationship that's a cornerstone of the show, you know, from that point on um, and opens up a lot of things. And it was just a, it was really uh, just good action storytelling too. And it touched a lot of people. Oh, we had Anna, we had Buzz in there. He's forgettable, but you know, he was involved in that. That was when they were trying to think Anna and Buzz were a thing. Um, no, not so much. Um, Cause ew. Um, but you know, which eventually would lead into Anna and Duke meeting for the first time kind of at the end of that story. So that was, you know, the next pickup point for Anna after Asian Quarter was meeting Duke. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a good, fun adventure with a lot of really cool things that got interested in, and it was really kind of a, a pickup. It was uh, to more action-oriented storylines. It was actually, if I think about it, probably one of the last really great action storylines on GH throughout, you know, closing out that Gloria Mommy era. Um, she was gone by then, but at that point, uh, it was, you know, there was, it was, it was, it was very much characteristic of her, her stuff. Um, so it was, it was just a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen it before, I go invest some time in it. It's, for, it's worth a watch. Okay. Really quickly before we move on, isn't there like 1984-ish, if I'm correct, isn't there like Lou, Laura, Robert, Holly, Frisco, Felicia, they're all in Mexico. Am I, is this right? That's, that happened. Um, yeah, that's, um, well, it's a kickoff for um, one of Anna's, I think it's a kickoff for, um, that it, it might be a little bit later. I want to say that maybe it's like uh, 86, 87, maybe. Maybe eighty-seven. I think that sounds right. It's I a, just can't remember, but I, that's I feel the, like there's a scene. The kickoff to the, I want to say that's the kickoff to the Grant Putnam stuff. Um, yeah, where you see where you see Luke and Laura for a little bit, and um, yeah, but I, I mean they're not intimately involved. I think they're just there, kind of more or less for cameo purposes for a, a, a small stretch, and then they're out. But yeah, I remember but, yeah, they were all in. in in Mexico, and I remember that um, Robert and Luke had come, like, back from something, I don't remember what, and they're all, or he finds out that she's pregnant, like, the first time then, he, like, runs out and says that he's going to be a dad, and then they're all downstairs, like, celebrating, and I remember, like, Holly and Robert, or, like, she's, like, sitting on his lap, and Laura sitting on Luke's lap, and, like, Frisco and Felicia are in the background drinking, like, I just remember this. I don't know why this thing sticks out to me. Not important right now. Focus. Okay. So, so yeah, if it's if it's uh, if it's if Holly was involved, then yeah, it's going to be earlier eighties. It's going it is going to be earlier eighties because that's um because yeah, Emma Samson. I think she made the dynasty by the late eighties. So. All right. Yeah, what's the next yeah. one? Okay. 
Okay. Well, um, of course, this is just like a quick mention. I'm not going to go in detail, and then I'm going to move on. But um, OG, Luke and Laura, 1980s, we all know the whole story. Everybody knows. <laughs> but more so not the, like, I mean, I like the Summer on the Run story. It's classic and all. But more so the Laura Returns and, like, the famous run across the lawn in the blue suit scene. That story, when she comes back and, like, that arc, I like more, I think, than the Summer on the Run story, just whatever reason. I don't know when he's mayor. So that's like <laughs> a quick passing mention. But my actual list, I'm going to move to days because if I don't, we never will. Um, okay, Bow and Hope, super early Bow and Hope, like their first, when they first get together and she's not old enough, or he says that she's not old enough, that whole kind of thing is super appealing to me. For those of you listening, it's not a secret that Emily's into the older men. So maybe that's why, because she was a lot, or not a lot younger, but she's, I mean, she's significantly younger than he is. And it's just really appealing to me. Like, I remember, like, one of my favorite scenes with them is the kissing booth scene where he says, like, you can't handle it, even though he buys, like, 30 tickets. And then he just kisses her on the <laughs> forehead. And, like, I can handle it and grabs, like, his shirt. And I think that's such a sweet scene. And then, like, her trying to convince him, like, she's old enough to be with him, and he's, like, trying to be respectful and a gentleman, and then ultimately, we know how that went, because they got married. So, um, yeah, I just, I love them, and there's something about, I, don't get me wrong, like, Steve and Kayla have a place in my heart, but there's something about Bull and Hope that are just really, like, they're just close to, like, they're just close to my heart, and I, they're probably my favorite days couple, because they're just so, so sweet back in those early days. Not so much now that he's dead, but but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And not through those cheating okay. years, but other than that. <laughs> anyway, your turn. <laughs> okay, well I, I have to go my favorite my favorite day's story is uh Jack and Jennifer's um original love story. Like the first time around. They um and it, you know you can't really you can't really throw this mention in there though without mentioning Steve and Kayla because the Steve Kayla Jack story really is what made Jack who he was and why he was such a well I guess it would didn't make him who he was but it was so integral to where Jack is where you know why he has to be basically redeemed and Jack and Jennifer is just it's classic center and saint you know I mean it, it it's classic super couple build they barely even touch hands they kiss like maybe twice over the course of like three years or something ridiculous I mean it's it's not that long it's about a year long that that that, but it's your classic super couple writing just like days nobody did it better than days back then Bow and Hope um you know Steve and Kayla definitely and then you know but then you have Jack and Jennifer which was so different because you had this guy that was so buttoned up and had just become this such such a pariah in the town that, and then Jennifer, who was bubbly and perky back in those days and wasn't so jaded and, and dull as she is now, and just, uh, you know, constant cheerleader who was not going to give up on him, who thought she was going to see some good in him, whether or not he wanted to see it, and just constantly pounded away at his defenses until they both just fell in love, even that despite themselves and despite Jack not thinking he was good enough to be with somebody like her. And it was just this really, really amazing build because it was days you have this awesome story where their romance ends up culminating when they're on the cruise of deception, which is one of the silliest stories that you possibly could think of until you get to Marlena's possession later on on days. 
But <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, you've got this dude, you know, basically everybody getting kidnapped on this cruise and, and being, you know, this ship sinking in the middle of nowhere on a desert island. And, I mean, it, it's just classic adventure soak. But the love story itself was so well written. The redemption was so well written. And what's great about the way that Jack was written was that never once does he ever forget what he did, who he is, what thing inside of him and what and the actions that he committed. And he knows he can never make up for any of those things. And yet finally he finds a way to let himself move on and become happy with, with, with Jennifer. And it's, it, it, you just don't see the depth of writing these days like you did back then, because I don't think people are allowed to put uh, attention spans are so much shorter now that people just don't, they don't, they don't put the impact into the writing and the build. You miss a lot of the build. You miss a lot of the, the quiet notes where you see that type of character build building and, it's something that was unique to that era that's unique to days of our lives. I even, I'll say that writing team was just amazing back then. They turned and they turned out those super couples. Like they could create them and the organic chemistry, they let the organic chemistry play too. And um, so it is one of my favorite storylines. I go back and watch it once every couple of years, Um, go back and watch it again and again. Um, It ties into so much, but I have to throw in Stephen Kayla there too, just because it's part of their build. It's part of their story too. And, and plus Stephen Kayla, I mean, that's the first, that's the first time that I ever, I like, I remember I was supposed to be going over to stay at my dad's house in the summer one year. And I dodged out of hiding, hiding at various people's houses overnight here and there and everywhere because I wanted to watch Stephen Kayla's wedding. And I knew my dad had satellite and he wasn't going to pick up any local channels. And I was going to miss their wedding if I was at his house. Like, at some point, I ended up staying the night at my brother's girlfriend's mom's house for two nights so I could watch Stephen Kayla's wedding. <laughs> so, I, I, I can't, I can't not throw it out there. Throw, yeah, I can't not throw it out there with throwing props to Stephen Kayla, though, because that's where it all started. So, that's, you know, um, it has a lot of my heart, too. OG Stephen Kayla. That's yeah, that's my first, like, adventure into Days of Our Lives. Like, I started with Stephen Kayla and, like, moved on to Bone Hope. And, like, when Mary Beth Evans first came on to the show, like, and Steve is kind of, like, stalking her. And that whole story is so good. They're so cute. They drove me, literally 30 years later, frustrated the heck out of me because I could not. <laughs> I was like, Will you please kiss. Like, it was driving me insane. And it takes so long. It was literally, like, 70 clips, like, 70 episodes into a playlist. I was like, I can't handle this. Like, this is this is ridiculous. Okay, like, no. So finally, and then I felt like cheering. Like, I would stay up all hours of the night. It was like my senior year of high school when I watched it, and I would like stay up all night. Some, or actually, probably earlier than that, maybe my sophomore, junior year. I would stay up like all night watching them over the summer, and even like I would watch it on the iPad. Even like when I was on the couch, my parents were watching another show, and like I had my like I would always like lay in bed and like eat. I know, such a good habit. And, like, have the cat, like, laying in bed watching it with me. Like, it was it was, it was a good time. But, okay, so we covered OG Stephen Kayla, of course. But, all right, I have a few. That's my whole list. But I have a few honorable mentions that I can't not mention. And as we've gone on, I've thought of some more. Well, so and, and you I said, still have to make a list. Um, I'm just going to go through my list quickly. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. So, okay, so 
when you said the thing about the slow build, it made me think of Britt and Nicholas. I loved that storyline on General Hospital, that whole phase on has them captive in the wind, in Windermere kind of story. I love that she, like, entered into his orbit in, like, probably March or April, and their first kiss was at Christmas. And, like, she was living with him for months and months and months, and nothing ever happened, like, completely platonically. I loved that story. That was such a good build. It's, it really, like, sucked that they ruined it the way that they did with her having Lulu's child and then her lying about it a second time. Like, all of that stuff, it ruined them. That sucked, I mean, because yeah. I loved them, and I thought that they had a, a ton of potential. And, like, he's my man. So, like, for me to be like, yes, get with my man. <laughs> but um, they had so much chemistry, I thought, and I really thought they had, like, top-notch, like, chemistry that gives you that old school vibe like I felt that way about Carlos and Sabrina for a while too I don't know why like that old school kind of vibe and I loved it and then they ruined it of course because you know it's a soap so honorable no I agree I agree with you completely and I think what that was was it was an example of uh, it was a it was an example of GH actually playing some organic chemistry which it seems like one of the problems I have with, you know, and the reason we don't see couples that are just as burn as hot as most of the super couples did back in the day and setting aside because your favorite couple does not equal super couple. Super couple is a form of writing style and it has nothing to yeah. do with whether or not you're popular. You can have a super popular couple and it not be a super couple. Oh, um, my goodness. Okay. Anyway. That reminds me. Anyway. I was going to tell you this. Go ahead. I'll tell you after. <laughs> I was just – I say that that you know that was an example where they were actually follow, following the chemistry for a bit, and then yeah. it was like somebody was, somebody said well, we we can't do this we got to do something else, and all of a sudden they just kind of destroyed it down. And it, it, I hate that because I mean you know like it was obviously that they were going with Michael and Sabrina as a prefab couple, but all the chemistry was with Carlos and Sabrina. And yeah. you know it was like you mentioned it's just it's a shame that they don't let the writers take some natural chemistry and just move with it because most of your super couples came out because of some natural chemistry that somebody saw somewhere and were like, Hey, let's, let's write to that spark. And, um, you know, so very rarely did you have very, yeah, very rarely did you have super couples that were built back in the day with prefab chemistry. It it was very rare. Well, and I was going to say, that's so funny to me. So I, I um, I was going to say really quick, I do, for those of you listening who don't know, I do, like, YouTube videos, the music videos, all that stuff, and I remember once I was going to do, like, a super couples thing where everybody took a part, and I literally had to write the definition in the description and include a list, like, from Wikipedia of all the soap super couples, and I was like, if they're not on this list, you're not allowed to include them, <laughs> like, because people were like, well, my favorite, like, no, that's not how it works. Anyway, okay, honorable mentions, I know you have some. We have to be quick. Oh, I don't. Well, honorable mentions. Let's go through my days list. Uh, and and uh, my days list. I would say the the more, one of the most recent two that are on that list are EJ and Abby's affair, because that was some hot stuff, which led into yeah. Sammy just like airing into EJ. That was some good stuff with some amazing payoff. Um, I, I like the the one with Sammy, Kate, and Gabby trying to hide Nick's death when they thought they killed him in the river. That was really, really good stuff. I couldn't wait to watch that stuff every day. It was great. Um, and then going a little bit old school, um, Roman and the, Roman and I've used Roman in quotes because he he's now John Black, but back then everybody thought he was Roman. Yeah. Um, he and uh, Diana's uh, Colville's romance, and that was you know Jeannie Francis's character on on Days. 
That was one of my um, memorable mentions. Yeah, that was a great story, and it was, you know, with you got that 80s budget, and they all end up in Greece at Justin and Adrian's wedding, and, you know, that's when they get together in Greece, and they're running around and hiding behind these Greek statues and everything like that. It was awesome. I mean, it was just really good stuff. And, you know, Drake hoaxed, oh, my God, he was so hot back in the day. And, you know, just um, those two just chemistry at the Wazoo, it was fantastic. Um yeah. On my GH honorable mention list, um, and actually this one deserves better than honorable mention. I would have put it ahead of what I actually talked about with Asian Quarter, but Monica's breast cancer story. Again, Claire Levine era. You're stealing, my, you're stealing my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that story was fantastic, and it's probably the most realistic look at what a, a married couple overcoming adversity. You know, I can't say that I've ever – dealt with breast cancer, but, you know, having a premature child in the, in the NICU for eight months it is a very realistic look at what a husband and wife have to do to try to overcome things and how you, how it's so easy to get in your own heads and so easy to try to isolate yourself from people around you and, and, and have a family tie that, that won't let you do that. It also introduced Emily onto the canvas, which may or may not be a good thing, depending on your opinion. Um and it, but you know, it, it changed a lot of things and it opened a lot of minds and it educated a lot of people. And it was a great story for Leslie Charlson. She played the hell out of that story. And it's probably the best storyline she's ever had on, on the history yeah, of VH. It's her, her best story that she really got to shine. And to her credit, she's the one that pitched it. So, you know, good for her and good for them because it was fantastic. Um, another one I wanted to mention, and this is kind of more general, um, <laughs> for general hospital, uh, um, was basically the the original introduction of the Jerome crime family. They caused all kinds of havoc. I mean, it started with Olivia, where she comes in and she, you know, has this history with Duke, and she starts terrorizing the hell out of Anna. Um, so much really good stuff there. Then you've got basically Victor Jerome ends up getting introduced to the canvas, and he's he's hanging around there for a while basically threatening Duke, and Duke ends up going to court. That Victor Jerome gets arrested, and Duke goes to court to testify against them, and, and all of a yeah. sudden this factory, this warehouse explodes with Duke in it, and you think Victor Jerome has killed Duke, and it's really he's ducking out to, you know, to move on uh, to, you know, because he's, what is it, yeah. protection program, whatever. And then Olivia's still around, and she's hanging out for a bit, Victor Jerome gets – then you get a comedic storyline with Victor Jerome, of all people. He gets this crush on Lucy, and then he ends up uh, buying her this beautiful heart-shaped locket. And she, she gently – she's having an affair with Alan at this point. This is when she and Alan are having their affair, and uh, you know because she's trying to get in and get all the quarter main money. Um, so she so- gently rejects Victor Jerome, and he – takes the locket and he says that he's just going to have to eat the locket because he can't live without her and he chokes yeah. and dies on the locket and then you basically play weekend at Bernie's with Victor Rodriguez's body with she and Alan all over and out on when you know Spoon Island hiding him out there and him getting found or anything. I mean it, it, there was just basically they took that family and they took them all different directions they were a good impetus for a lot of good stuff um, then you have even just the, the kind of more meaty stuff where you have Julian being Lucas's biological father and Robert's ex Cheryl being brought back into the canvas yeah. and that whole storyline about how Cheryl's coming back in and, and how she ends up yeah. getting killed 
And, um, you know, then you have a custody battle between Tiffany, who is Cheryl's sister. And, it, I mean, so it has, it, they had, they were, they were kind of a peripheral family, but they created a lot of good drama on GH back in the late 80s. And so, you know, that was kind of my just original Jerome crime family impact, I guess, on the story. I have a, a couple more honorable ones I, I forgot about. Okay, so I'm going to go quick because we only have like five minutes left. So um, this is not really a story, but it was like um, like a short little like two-week arc. Um, in the late 90s, Luke and Laura had like this thing, like the Day of Reckoning. And if you don't know what that is, well, yeah, I'm sure you do. But if you don't oh, know what that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she yep. – um, What? Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, gonna... absolutely. That was a yeah, great Yeah, okay, story. so she, like, confronts Luke basically about the fact that he raped her, for you know, way back years ago and, like, how they never had it out basically over that. And it is an amazing thing. It is the first, like, OG Luke and Laura thing I ever watched on YouTube, and I remember, like, she hit me hard. And then, like, it stands out in my mind. I can literally hear, like, her words to him. Like, in one part I know that she says to him, she's like, I just don't understand how you could have done that. You said that you love me, and then you turn around and you rape me, and you you know, you act like it's okay. And then she says, like it goes to commercial, and then she says, well, you've wanted me to say it for 20 years, and I finally did. Like that, I can hear the way that she said it in my head. It's like that impactful, and I thought that was like one of her most amazing performances on GH ever. So that one, um, I also oh, yeah, like the that. rock. Can't mention that without what? saying though. You can't mention that without talking about the Luke having told Lucky about what happened, and That's that right, oh yeah. my God, that that monologue with Tony Geary was amazing, and and it was um, yeah. and and leading into that uh, was his rape. You know, I mean, that was all the setup for that entire yeah. payoff. That's was, what started it. She was, said that she. That's right. At the beginning of the uh, day of reckoning thing, she says that she met Elizabeth Weber and she knew immediately what had happened to her because she had the same look in her eye. And then she starts in on him and it goes on for like three days and it's just amazing. Um, Also really quick because we are totally running out of time. The Robin rescue of 2014 when everybody thought Robin was dead and she comes back and they're all at Windermere. And first of all, the Anna and Robert scenes are really funny. Some of the stuff that they do, like when they accidentally both come around the corner with like their guns out, that whole thing. And then like the scene where... Um, Anna sees Robin like Finola's reaction gets me every time and like them like killing Faison or that whole like are we going to do this thing um, the Cupid Cruise storyline 2001-2002 General Hospital uh, Luke and Laura and like the whole like pretending they're Lloyd and Lucy Johnson again and um, him like prop- ultimately proposing to her again after she comes like back from her coma or whatever and then yeah that sounded so soapy and uh, my favorite Luke Morris scene of all time is uh, New Year's Eve 2001, the snow dance, and that happens in that story arc. It's awesome. And then when I'm running out of – I'm like, I can't breathe. And then also on Dave, I I just like the comedic thing with, like, Justin and Angelica's affair because I always think, like, Tracy and Ned, so, like, that's one for me that stands out because, I mean, I know they were having an affair on that show and it wasn't actually funny, but in my mind it's super funny because that's her son on General Hospital, so – yeah, those are mine. We covered a lot well, tonight. <laughs> we did, but it's fun. It's good stuff. Just imagine yeah, if we, we expanded out to everything else. So, for know, record, we have, we everybody, have... everybody out there needs to know that I have now held Emily accountable. She has been tasked this summer to watch Mason and Julia's 
story on Santa Barbara. So we're going to hold her to this, and I'm going to ask for periodic updates on what she's been watching and um, basically drill, drill her with homework, Santa Barbara homework. So if you approve of that, let us know. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys can find us at Twitter. I'm going to do this super fast. At, on Twitter, at talk underscore daytime, at emilyc0915, at so much whatever. Let us know what you thought of this. Let us know your favorites. And if you like this format, the way we did this, and we can do some more in the future, um, we're back next week with either a guest or the TMI tag. We're not sure yet. I have to find out. But we're about to get kicked off. Literally, it's like 614, and the show ends at 615. So we'll see you all next Thursday. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.